T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The Mark Reardon Show. I hate people individually, but I love mankind. Oh, you do. The Mark Reardon Show. I got into broadcasting because I like to give. Sometimes I find myself hurting from giving too much. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Oh, it's on, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Welcome to a Thursday edition. It's the holiday edition of the Mark Reardon Show, which means Sue and I really aren't doing a whole lot. (laughs) Sue's going to do traffic. We're going to get you through. Fred and Abby are off this week. They will be back on Tuesday. But, you know, Sue, as you know, I've been keeping it relatively light this week, right? Yeah. Boy, I got I got changed tunes on that just a little bit here. Are you ready? Okay. Because I have some breaking news that I have to share, and it's pretty serious. This is a tweet that just came across uh, a little while ago from Senator Bernie Sanders. You might remember him. He wore I big do. mittens and he ran for president, right? I, I If you're driving right now, just be careful, okay? Here we go. This is what it says. I have tested positive for COVID. Oh, my God. My symptoms are minimal, thank God, and I will continue to work from home in Vermont while isolating in accordance with CDC guide. This is from today. What? This is like 1228. I looked. It says 1228.23. I'm glad to be fully up to date with the vaccine. So essentially what he said there, this is what drives me crazy about people like Bernie Sanders, to virtue signal here at the end of 2023. So you have sniffles, okay, and you tested positive for COVID. You have a cold, essentially. We don't care. That's not breaking news. If you want to isolate, if you want to stay home and and protect other people, then do it. I think it's pretty simple at this point. If you're sick, stay home, right? If you don't want to expose people to what you have, stay home. But after that, shut up about it. And we don't need to know. There are probably fewer. And I I looked at this, Sue, and I couldn't find the exact number because they don't keep the numbers anymore. There are probably fewer than 100 people in the hospital for COVID right now in the state of Missouri. There aren't very many in the entire country. If there were, believe me, the Post-Dispatch and the New York Times and CNN, especially on a holiday week, are you kidding me? There's no news this week. That's They'd true. be blasting that. They're, they're dying for this thing to take a turn because they know that they can put tweets out and they get people to click. It's hilarious. It really is funny when you think about it. And by the way, like I did my first two vaccines because we had to and we had to show our stupid cards and all that. You know what percentage of the country has gotten the latest uh, vaccine? 29%. 60% of us are like, you know what? No, we're, we're going to be fine. 
So the, the whole thing, we were sold a bill of nonsense. And uh, by the way, I just want to clarify. When this all started, yeah, there were people dying. It was much more serious. It's not like that anymore. I thought that the people that said it was just a cold in 2020, they were dead wrong. But this is different now. So to act like it's not different, like Bernie Sanders and the rest of the virtue signalers, is just a joke. Here's another one, Sue. I got some great comedy for you here this afternoon. I'm telling you. Oh, boy. They're giving me some comedy. The leaders of this country are, they never disappoint, like um, Eric Adams in New York. Eric Adams is not happy that he's a sanctuary state, right? And a sanctuary city. And they've welcomed immigrants with open arms into New York City. Because they're sanctuary. They love it. Well, until they started coming in busloads and they can't handle it yeah, anymore, Yeah, that right? was bad. Now we got to do something about it, right? So here's—this th- is amazing. This guy's former law enforcement. You'd think that there were enough lawyers in his administration to tell him how stupid this is. But I do have a theory, and I'll share the theory in a second. They got buses showing up from Texas, right? Here, here's their plan to do something about it. This is Eric Adams. Let's to see better coordinate is. these arrivals today— I'm announcing an executive order requiring charter buses transporting migrants, those often contracted by the state of Texas, to provide 32-hour notice Uh. in advance of their arrival into New York City. I'm not sure why that's cutting out there, but did did you get the—he's actually saying that he's going to require by executive order, which if if anyone dares to sue about this, (laughs) like— let me see. Do I have a piece of paper, Sue? Uh, yeah, here, here you go. Here. Can I have one? Yeah. Hold here. on. Uh-huh. If, if, this go, if someone goes to court uh-huh. and, and, and tries to pre- – the judge will, will probably rip it up because it's, it's re- this is ridiculous what he's trying to do. Of 30, course. 36 hours in advance notice when they're dropping off buses full of migrants. It gets better. To make sure we have sufficient staffing, we are also requiring that these charter buses arrive only – between 8.30 a.m. and 12 p.m., uh-huh. Monday through Friday, yeah. and to only drop off passengers at one spot unless directed otherwise by New York City Emergency Management. So I've always <laughs> said that he sounds like Tracy Morgan, you know, the actor. A little bit. And this sounds like an SNL bit because it's, it's pure comedy. I mean, that he thinks he can do this is ridiculous, but— the problem with a lawsuit is someone in New York would have to challenge it, and I'm sure that somebody will, but they, they love stuff like this. Fair to do so result in a Class B misdemeanor. They're talking about putting people in jail for this. Are you kidding Possible me? fines, yeah, lawsuit, listen. and even buses being impounded. Yeah. We cannot allow buses no. with people needing our help to arrive <laughs> without warning at any hour of day and night. No. Oh, you mean like at the border? Yeah, this exactly. not only prevents us from providing assistance in old orderly way, it puts those who have already suffered so much in danger. Yeah, so that that's his plan because they don't know what else to do. Now, here's Brandon Johnson, another you know rocket scientist up there in Chicago. He's not happy with this either, right? The technical support that we receive from the federal government, we appreciate that. Uh, work authorization to put people on a pathway to sustainability, I certainly appreciate that. And without real significant um, investment from our federal government, it won't just be the city of Chicago that won't be able to maintain this mission. It's the entire country that is now at stake. Do I need to explain? Do do I need to say anything in reaction to that? Nope. I think that the audience is smart enough to get it, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, they just spit this stuff out of their mouth like nobody's paying attention. And we sit here. We sat here every day this week, Sue. And we're playing, and we're going to get to some of these segments from 2023. 
our jaws have dropped seeing the number of people, as Bill Malusian and the other reporters at Fox show the line, the caravans, thousands and thousands yes. of people just streaming Endless. across the border. Now, I, I'm a simple man, Sue. I really am. I talk on the radio. I actually feel guilty sometimes because I read things. I have a great piece today that we'll get to from The Atlantic where they've compiled, I was telling you about this yesterday, 81 things from 2023 that will kind of like make your brain hurt. That Love are, that. That are pretty cool, Love right? It. But I'm a simple man. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. But I, I don't know. I think if we stopped... Millions Thank of people from streaming across the border, maybe Chicago and New York wouldn't be in such bad shape. Why do they not? I, I, it boggles the mind. Well, these are people that have the right to be here, Sue, because they are seeking political well, asylum. As long as Even they're... though they're not seeking political <laughs> asylum. We all understand why they're coming here. For a better life. I, oh, I completely right. appreciate that. We all appreciate that as Americans. I've seen hardworking immigrants in this country succeed. We have one who is currently the state treasurer in Missouri. Oh, he's but guess great. what? Yeah, but he'll tell you. Worked Do his it ass legally. off. Mm-hmm. And he worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. They had you know, The American dream is several parts. It's multifaceted. You can dream and you can have a fantasy about getting where you're going to get, right, and hope that you win the Powerball or something like that. But sadly, I know a lot of people don't like this, especially young people in America right now. You kind of have to work. Yeah. To achieve the American dream, you gotta gotta go to work. You gotta make some money. You gotta save some money. You have to put money down on a house. All those things, you know. They, they, there's there's a bit of a, of a logistical process to follow, if you will. I like that these sanctuary cities just say yes. Oh, come, yes, please. Oh, wait, no, we don't really want you. Yeah. And uh, if you come here between hours that are convenient for us, and we're going to sue you if you show up right, at another right. time. And it, it is uh, now. It makes... I, I said this to you yesterday, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, right? And and maybe I don't think our audience would know the answer either. But I'm legit, legitimately curious because I mentioned Fox, and they're showing this nonstop. And you know, the conservative outlets that I use as sources, yeah. they're talking about immigration yeah. a lot, justifiably so. It's a big issue. But how much has CNN showed? Of these caravans. That's a good question. How much is NBC know. and CBS? By the way, I never got into CBS. This is hilarious, too. I, You know, I don't know how much time. I think you spend some time on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And they run ads, and, you, you know, that's how they make money. I get it. We, we do that, too. But they were featuring something on CBS this morning. I saw Gail King, you know, on the Facebook feed talking about an in-depth investigation into book banning. In this That's country. what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, book banning. Again, this is another one of those things on the left. They like to talk. There's no book banning. No. There's no. There are materials. Let's let's take a you know back in the day, Sue. You used to have Playboy and Penthouse, right? Mm. Would you put those? I think they're still out there, but maybe digital. Would you put those in an elementary school or a junior high or a high school library? I would not. You would not, right? And the thing that drives me nuts about these outlets out there, and the Washington Post just did a thing too on all book banning and ooh, book. They never, ever put any of the context. They don't put the slides from Gender Queer where the guy's right. getting a, a, you know, a Hummer, right, from another guy. They don't show that. I don't, by the way, I don't care if they're talking about getting a Hummer from a girl. It's not appropriate in elementary school, in junior high, and in high school. Exactly. And those books are available at Barnes & Noble, at your public library, etc. Now, some of the other stuff... Like how to bang like a porn star, which they took out of the St. Charles Public Library. I think a lot of us who are taxpayers feel, you know, there's stuff that's appropriate and there's not appropriate. And you want to order that from Amazon? You want to get it at the bookstore? Go for it. We all we all want to bang like a, a porn star, I guess is the point there. All right, Sue, I've gone enough on my monologue. We're gonna to get to some segments here this afternoon. We're off and running on a Thursday edition. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Aaron, interview here that is one of my favorites from the year, Dr. Miriam Grossman, who wrote a book called Lost in Transnation. This was a big year in St. Louis because of the WashU and Children's Hospital whistleblower. And I want to provide just a little bit more current context to Dr. Grossman because we've talked about this trans issue quite a bit on this show. In in my world in the past five years, I know here on 97.1 FM Talk, probably in the last two and a half. But here, uh, here are a couple of examples of some things that have been in the news recently. This is Sage Steele, who left ESPN, and she says some interesting things because she's been very brave on the Leah Thomas front. But listen to what she says here on a podcast. I was asked to stop tweeting about it. I was asked to stop um, doing anything, saying anything about it on social media because I was um, offending others at the company. I made sure I sent off another tweet that night after I received that email. Um, because like, no, and it's, let's stop living in this lie. And once Thank again, you. oh, you're going to, you're going to silence me and Sam. She was told the same thing, you know, for this issue, but then we're going to let everybody else talk about all these other things that are not even related to sports. But Samantha Ponder is who she's talking about, who another brave person there that has been very vocal on this topic. On our sports programming. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we're going to preach on ESPNW and all of these things, and I'm going to stand up for all these women many of whom are afraid to do what Riley Gaines is doing, to do what, what I'm doing at a much lesser level than Riley, than you, right? But just, no. Yeah, so good for Sage yes. Steele. Now, here's an example of why this stuff is so nutty. This is, Libs of TikTok does a great job. They compile some of the, the kookiness out there, certainly in the trans world. And this is someone who's not very happy. She's home for Christmas. And she doesn't want to be misgendered or, you know, the wrong name being used, you know, the dead name the name that she used to have. So your family thinks they're going to get away with dead naming you and misgendering you this holiday season? No, they're not. You know why? Because you're a deranged kazoo kid. You play a wind instrument. You take your mouthpiece and you just... Anytime the wrong pronouns or the wrong name comes out and you be obnoxious... Because they'll stop real quick. <laughs> yeah, what are I mean, these I mean, people going to do? I mean, if... I mean, a member of my family tries that. They'll stop. I'll stop real quick because you're not going to be living in my house anymore. You're not going to be in my house. That's it. But listen, this is the book from Dr. Grossman. Very much looking forward and have been to this interview. Dr. Miriam Grossman is with us. She's a child psychiatrist, and she wrote a book called Lost in Transnation, A Child Psychiatrist's Guide Out of the Madness. Dr. Grossman, thanks for coming on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Big issue here in St. Louis. Not that it's not a significant issue across the uh, the country and across the planet right now, but we had our WashU Children's Hospital Clinic exposed by Jamie Reed, this whistleblower. So it's certainly been a hot story around here. 
And it's amazing. This came up. We had an event last night with the Heritage um, Foundation and the folks, and we talked a little bit about this issue. It's just amazing to me, Dr. Grossman, that it seems like some of this gender stuff is is not even close. A lot of the things that happen in this country are 50-50, 60-40. It's overwhelming how people feel about this issue, but seemingly it doesn't matter, and that's confusing. Well, no, I think that it, I think that things are changing. I mean, honestly, I've been warning parents about this for 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I I tried to wave the red flags in a book that I wrote in 2009 called You're Teaching My Child What? And, you know, I just said this gender stuff, t- teaching kids that sex is assigned at birth and not established at conception and teaching kids that they may be in the wrong body, this is a disaster. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I'm a medical doctor. So when I saw this stuff being taught by Planned Parenthood and other organizations that were teaching comprehensive sexuality education, I just said, no, no, this is bad. This is going to confuse kids. It's going to uh, 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 have very bad results. And I was right. I'm sad to say I was right. So you were no, you were way ahead of the curve on this, and that I don't think I had that perspective. That's interesting. I found um, information about your book because I saw a piece that was an excerpt that was in Newsweek, on Newsweek.com. And I want you to share this story because in that excerpt, you talk about being contacted by some lawyers in Salt Lake City, Utah, about a 13-year-old boy whose parents were in litigation about his transition, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been all the uh, those little details have been changed. And the person was not actually in Salt Lake City. But, yes, I did have such a consultation. Correct. Can you explain what happened there? Oh, sure. Uh, So this was one of of many cases that I've been involved with in which I'm contacted because uh, uh, parents disagree. Parents are divorced. The mom, it's almost always the mom, wants to socially transition and sometimes medically transition a child and the father's against it. And so I'm hired by the father's attorneys to, uh, you know, to, to, to argue that this is not a good idea and that uh, gender ideology is exactly that. It's an ideology. It's not based in medicine. It's not based in science. A boy cannot become a girl and it's not any favor to that child to act as if that's possible. So, yeah. Are you are you in the camp? You know, one thing that I've said as non-medical ex- expert, but I, I say this because I don't know enough about it. Um, I'm, I'm with you on everything that you just said. But when it comes to gender dysphoria, is any gender dysphoria, whether it's with a six-year-old, whatever that could be, or an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old, in, in your practice and your experience, is that real in any way, sometimes, occasionally or not? Oh, absolutely. It's real. Gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is the uh, uh, discomfort with your body, a feeling like uh, you you should be the other sex or you want to be perceived as the other sex. You don't like your breasts, your genitals. Of course, that's a very real thing. It's a diagnosis. And we've known about it for 100 years. The thing is that it used to be found only in extremely rare individuals, very rare ones of in tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand people. And now we're having entire, you know, high school classes in which, I don't know, 10, 20, 25% of kids 
if not more, are identifying as something other than what their bodies are. So it's a social contagion. We're in the midst of a kind of a, a hysteria. And along with that social contagion is a medical uh, a medical uh, scandal because the medical organizations have been taken over and they're all pushing so-called gender-affirming care. It's an Orwellian term. What it means is that you affirm something that's false and you deny something that's real, meaning you deny the biology. So I've written a book. I've seen a lot of these kids and their families in my private practice. I've seen the end results, which are just catastrophic. Girls going through, uh, teenage girls going through menopause. Boys, young men who have been castrated. Uh, Disaster. Well, I've called it child abuse. Well, and the the thing, you know, I don't I don't disagree with that, except that the parents, you see, you have to understand the parents sign on the dotted line because they've been emotionally blackmailed into thinking their child's going to commit suicide. So, you know, the, I, I wrote a book. I meant for it to be 200 pages. It turned out to be 300 pages. But I want to just say this one thing. I know we don't have a lot of time. I want to address the parents in your audience. School is starting. In a few weeks, you really have to take action. You have to understand what's going on in your kid's school. Schools now have activists, gender activists, and they are very sadly, but it's true, they are out to recruit your child. And you cannot let your child be a sitting duck. That's what I keep hearing in my practice, that we had no idea this was going on. We found out after three months that our daughter was using the boys' bathroom. No. You have to be proactive, and I want parents, I know you're busy, but it will take you, I promise you, less than an hour. Read the chapter in my book about schools. The name of the book is Lost in Transnation. Dr. Miriam Grossman, you mentioned that it's usually moms. When it comes to the social contagion aspect of it, is it typically girls over boys, too, or are those numbers close? Okay, so... Social contagions are when feelings or behaviors spread in a, in a friend group. That friend group can be online or it can be at school or whatever. Uh, yes, girls are, you know, girls are more likely to be affected in a social contagion, and we know about this, from eating disorders and suicide attempts. And, yes, they are more liable to be drawn into the social contagion of transgenderism. That is true. But that doesn't mean there aren't also a lot of boys that are drawn into it. So I don't want people, you know, the boys have traditionally, since this has been talked about for the past few years, the the numbers of boys have been, in my opinion, um, uh, sort of dismissed as if this is something that's only basically occurring among girls. That is not correct. My private practice is about 50-50 boys and girls. What part, uh, in your experience, what part with kids in particular is perhaps, because when we dig into the Jamie Reed whistleblower report, you see examples at Children's Hospital here in St. Louis, Dr. Grossman, of kids that were clearly mentally ill. I mean, there was a there was a kid that was desiring and maybe even had tried to have sex with dogs, and all of a sudden they hop them up on the, uh, the puberty blockers, etc. But what part, in your experience, is the mental illness component, and, and what part is some of these kids might just be gay, and that's why they're confused? Mark, you know, I was writing a a particular chapter last February when I heard about Jamie Reed, and I threw the chapter out the window, 
and I decided to base the chapter instead on her affidavit. So I have actually two chapters based only on your St. Louis whistleblower. Wow. Such a courageous woman. Such a courageous woman. And I'm very well uh, familiar, as you might imagine, with every word in her affidavit and things that she's written in the interviews with her. So, yes, to answer your question, mental illness plays a very large part in all of this. These kids have comorbid psychiatric conditions, uh, the vast majority of them. They're on the autism spectrum or they have social phobia. They don't fit in at school. They have trouble making friends. They have depression. They have ADHD. They have trauma. They have all sorts of issues. And when they are put on the assembly line of gender-affirming care, uh, what happens is that they do not get, and Jamie Reed described this, they are not getting the mental health evaluations and treatment that they need. Instead, they're put on the assembly line. They're right in the endocrinologist's office, one, two, three, put on the medication, and their underlying issues are not addressed. So I think I reported this week or last week that the um, American Academy of Pediatrics may be taking a little bit closer look on this. Now, I don't know if I have confidence that they're going to do the right thing, but, I mean, it's been stated, and I think this is true, Dr. Grossman, that we're now, this country is now the outlier compared to what's happening in Europe. So I guess my question is, why do so few people seemingly in the medical establishment not have more concerns about this? (laughs) Mark, but they are intimidated, they yeah. are silenced, they're not given the microphone. I explain in the book how all that happens, how these organizations were taken over, and you try to object. Okay, I have interviews with doctors who say, look, we really tried. We're writing articles, we're writing letters to the editor, we're saying that we want to have uh, panel discussions and debate. They're simply silenced. So what I want parents to understand is that when you go to your pediatrician, your pediatrician is going to trust the American Academy of Pediatrics. But the American Academy of Pediatrics is, it, it, it has been taken over, and they're just basically a mouthpiece for these you know, radical believers in this faith. It, it, it's like a belief. It's like a religion, really, the whole transgender belief system. It really is, so, yeah. So it's just important for parents to understand What's going on here? There's so much that parents don't know, and they end up going with it and going with the name and the pronouns and, and all of it and possibly the puberty blockers. And, and, and they're not, they don't have informed consent. They don't understand what's really behind this, and they don't know, as you just mentioned a minute ago, Mark, that a number of countries in, uh, in Europe – that are that that are progressive countries that are very LGBT friendly countries like Sweden, Norway, Finland, England. They have all done a 180 on this. They don't do what we do over here. They have practically each one of those countries banned the treatments that in this country are called life safe. Yeah, it's stunning. It really is. How much in the book do you get into um, the or or do you get into the sports issue with biological differences between you know boys and girls? Do you touch on that? You know, I would have loved to, but there was so much that I had to say there, and there were so many tools that I was I'm giving to parents that I, I really didn't have room for that. But let me tell you what I do make available to parents. First of all, I uh, this book is not – you don't need a Ph.D. for this book. This is for regular moms and dads. 
So first of all, I give them the biology that they need to know they may have forgotten from high school so that they can have uh, discussions with their kids that present the accurate biological facts. Then I give them uh, a list of uh, medical scientific articles that that are uh, raising the red flag and that are opposing gender affirming care so that if you are in the position where your child has come to you and 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 wants to go in that direction as questioning who they are you have all these articles that you can you know m- make copies of them and come into your school or to your pediatrician or to your therapist who wants to affirm and say hold on a minute you haven't i bet you haven't seen these articles i bet you haven't seen this research so i so i give them that then I give them um, there's I have I have material that's been written by attorneys who are experts in this area, experts in uh, uh, parental rights. You know, parents have a constitutional right to direct the upbringing, the medical care and the education of their kids. And schools are now infringing on that right. So I'm providing parents, this is very important as school is just starting. I I really want parents to do this. Go to my website, miriamgrossmanmd.com, after you read that important chapter about schools, and you will see there on the homepage a, 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 a form that's been written by attorneys. You print out that form. It says on there that you are putting the school on notice that you will not go with any of it. You don't want your child in any classroom or club or, you know, assembly that is going to be talking about gender identity or transgenderism. You do not give your permission. You do not give your permission for your child ever to, if, if they come and say they want to be called by a different name and pronouns. You are letting the school know that you're not going with any of it. You sign it. You take it to the school. And then if they give you a hard time, I have information in my book, you know, if you might need an attorney. Yeah, that's great. Very practical advice. Very proactive. I appreciate it. The book is called Lost in Translation, A Child Psychiatrist's Guide Out of the Madness. You were a fantastic guest, Dr. Miriam Grossman, even though you're transphobic like I am. But I appreciate you coming (laughs) on here this afternoon because it's so important. It really is. And I love that this is kind of a tool for parents. So that's very appreciated. Thank you, Mark. That was an interview from a little earlier this year in August when that book came out, and I thought she was fantastic, and that is great advice for parents. Joanna Stern, who's with us, Wall Street Journal columnist, wrote a piece that caught my attention. The headline, I think, speaks volumes here. I visited over 120 EV chargers, three reasons why so many were broken. And Joanna's with us this afternoon. How are you, Joanna Stern? Thank you for joining us here in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I find this fascinating. I've uh, shared this story. I went to see Bruce Springsteen in February with a friend who had a Tesla, and we ended up stopping at a lot of charging stations. Uh, The results were mixed, I would say. But you, in your situation, you don't have a Tesla. You have a Mustang Mach-E, right? I do. I do. And the reason that's important is because the Tesla chargers can be specific to Tesla, but you would be looking for different chargers for your car, right? That's right. That's right. I have a I have a CCS charging plug on my car, and that means that I can't right now te- charge at most Tesla stations. That's going to change in 2024 and beyond. But right now, I've got to go to 
fast chargers that are not from Tesla, and there are a variety of different companies that make these, EVgo, Electrify America. If you've got an EV that's a non-Tesla, you know these types of charging stations. So you said in the column that you didn't set out to earn a Guinness World Record, uh, although you'll gladly accept one, but you did this, and you went out in L.A., and you tested all these chargers out because a lot of people are talking about this topic right now, right, Joanna? Exactly, exactly. And I got this car. I I leased this car back at the end of August, beginning of September. Didn't have a home charger installed yet. And so I started charging at these public charging networks. Now, I live in New Jersey, but even in New Jersey, I was charging. I was encountering a lot of issues. So I thought, okay, lots of people must be having these issues. And of course, we've read about them. We've heard about all these issues plaguing the infrastructure of, of EV charging. So I decided, let me go to LA County, which has more public DC fast chargers than any other area in the country. And let me see how many of these I can hit up in two days. And I ended up at 30 different charging stations. These are non-Tesla DC fast charging stations. Over two days, that was over 120 different stalls, right? The charging stations have the different stalls, just like a gas station has different station stalls. And at over 40% of these locations, I encountered problems. So basically, 13 of these places had problems. So backing Not up, good. yeah, backing up just a little bit. I want to talk about the problems, but you, you did. I'm gonna make an assumption here. You didn't drive your busing all the way to L.A., did you? Did I, you have it? I didn't. I mean, that would have been really. Yeah. I really should get a, a record for that. But no, I, I was, I was in L.A. and I rented a Rivian R1T, which is a really cool yeah. pickup truck. Yeah, those and are fun. I just, yeah, I was like, let me, let me drive this thing. This seems cool, and it also has a CCS port. And so, if you've got a Rivian or a, a Mustang or one of the very various other types of EVs, Hyundai, Kia, uh, Volkswagen, you're used to charging at these other types of stations. So I, I just decided, hey, let me drive a Rivian for two days. So you avoided the ones that, um, and forgive me if you mentioned some of this, just because it's a little confusing to those of us who have internal combustion engines, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But you avoid the ones that are known as level two because they're too slow for the quick fill-ups, right? And you start going around, you're finding all these stalls. And you even put pictures in here. A ton of them, 27% were just completely out of order, right? Oh. Yes, 27% of them either had an out-of-order sign or a out-of-service or a charger unavailable. And that just means like, okay, I'm not even going to try, try using one of these, right? And so that it was 27% of the 126 stalls I visited. And honestly, I have to say, if you have to encounter an error at one of these, this is one of the best ones because you don't get out and start using it. You just know, okay, this one's off limits. I got to find a different one, which okay. is not the case with some of the other problems I found. Yeah, Um <laughs> This is funny to a radio person. Sue, you'll appreciate this. You you wrote, to get one charger back online, technician Sergio Alonso pulled the old turn it off and turn it back on trick, right? (laughs) That's like when we call engineers in radio, the first thing they always do is just they kind of like bang on the thing and see the same thing we would do. Bang on it, turn it on and off. So that worked in that case. But obviously this— It's like fixing a printer, I feel. Right. No, exactly. But you're doing this because—and I don't know if you actually—did you speak with other people out there in L.A. that were having issues with this? Because this would be, you know, where they're mandating this. They want to get rid of um, the internal combustion engine a lot quicker than the rest of the country because it's California. But it's just not realistic right now. Yeah, no, I mean, look, one of the best things actually about having an EV and going to some of these public charging stations is it's it's sort of like a bar scene. You end up talking to all the people at the stalls and you're you're sizing each other up. You're looking at their cars. You're seeing, oh, you're charging your Kia, but my Volkswagen's not charging. And so you sort of build this community at the charging station. And 
certainly what's happening in Los Angeles and even for me in New Jersey is people are complaining, right? Yeah. Oh, that one doesn't work or that one didn't work last week, but now it's working. Um, or I had that problem this, you know, the other day. Everyone is sharing and it's really misery loves company at the charging station. So the other thing that happened was and this. I think this happens just across the board. Maybe it's not just with the EV chargers, but you couldn't get your damn debit card or credit cards to work, right? I cannot tell you how much these machines seem to hate credit cards. And one of the nice things about reporting the story is I actually learned along the way why some of these problems happen. And and through talking to the charging companies, what ends up happening is the actual hardware of the charger that's made by one company. Well, the credit card machine and the terminal that's used to swipe the card or put the chip in, that's made by a different company. And so those two pieces of hardware are usually not talking to each other that well. And unfortunately, some of these systems are older and they don't have tap to pay. They don't have the Apple pay or Android pay. And so you end up trying to put your credit card in and you can often, in, in, in my case, uh, I believe it was about 10% of the stalls I had uh, credit card payments or um, payment issues with. You'd swipe and you have an error. You put your chip card in an error, try another card, another error. What is the handshake issue? Can you explain that? Yeah, so this is, this is again, really why this is so different than, obviously, gas, but even different than plugging your phone into the wall. Because what's happening here is a lot of power is being transferred from the charging stall to the car. And both of these things are fundamentally computers. They have to use software and hardware to communicate with each other to say, hey, here's how much power I'm sending. And car has to say, here's how much power I can take. And so this complication happens and what's called this handshake issues, the handshake isn't successful. The two can't really talk to each other. And you can sometimes see on the screen, it'll be like a a spinning wheel and it seems like they're going to connect. And then you get error detected and you get upset. And sometimes you can unplug and plug it in again, back to that trick. And after 10 seconds or so, it can reset and it can start working. But because these charging stations, unlike Tesla, are trying to accommodate so many different types of cars, they have this issue where they're trying to talk to all these different types of cars and things can break down. So when I was in the Tesla that I mentioned, I went across the state to Kansas City. One thing that I was unaware of at the Tesla charging stations, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same thing with the uh, EVgo or some of the other ones, too, is that it depends on how many cars are trying to draw the power at that particular station. That that really determines how much juice you're going to get for your car, Right. That is one of the factors. What time of day is another factor. If everything is working is the factor. I mean, that's one of the problems I actually didn't address in this piece because I didn't have time to charge uh, all the way up at all of these stations. I would seriously have been there for, I believe, years if I was trying to do that (laughs) because – you know, you, you are looking to see, oh, okay, I'm at a fast charger. I want to get the fastest charge. Is it is it sending the right amount of kilowatts? And that's what you hear often people complaining, saying it's charging, but it's going at a really slow rate. And so then you'll have somebody else at the stall saying, yeah, I had that problem with that one a few weeks ago. You know, you can wait on me. I'll be done in 15 minutes and you can take this slot. So, yeah, like I said, misery loves company at the charging stall. Joanna, it's Sue here. Uh, this just sounds like a mess. We haven't figured this out. We are not ready oh, for this. I mean, w- w- what did you come away with thinking? It is. It really it was a mess in L.A., and I will say it's a mess. But the, but the good thing is, is that many people are charging at home, right? In L.A., it's a very interesting situation because you've got a lot of renters, and I spoke to a lot of people at the stalls who said, well, I can't install a home charger because I'm you know, renting in this apartment building. You also have people who are getting free charging. Electrify America teamed up with a number of different car manufacturers to give them free charging for the first year or a certain amount of, of power. And so they're there and saying, 
well, I've got free. I'm not going to do this at home or I'm not going to install my home charger till I get use my my free power. So, yes, there there is this demand in L.A. plus the fact that you've got the infrastructure that just can't keep up with it. And so that was one of the reasons I wanted to go to L.A. specifically to look at this. So one of one of the key questions that you don't answer, and this is how she writes it, Sue, because I think people listening right now would would wonder about this. She says, if you're wondering how much I paid to power the Rivian and if it was any cheaper than gas, let me just say that the fast charging pricing is complicated. It's a topic for another column or a 1000 page book. Is that all we're going to get out of you? Can you tell us any more about the price of all this, Joanna? I will tell you it is really complicated because. Again, depending on the time of the day you're going and how much levels you had left in your car, I can tell you in in New Jersey, I've charged my Mustang for, you know, somewhere like 30 to 40 dollars, probably from, uh, you know, 10 percent to 70 percent. Right. It's a little bit less than a tank of gas, uh, depending on the rates that day and depending on what level uh, type of gas I'm getting. But it really can fluctuate. And that was one of the things I noticed there. Plus, in, I was going from stall to stall to stall, not charging all the way up. Yeah, right. I, I have this feeling that a lot of people that don't know much about EVs, and I don't know much about EVs, they think that it's just kind of free. You just right, plug you just in wherever plug you want, that they're not, you're, you're not being charged no. for that. But no, that's exactly the opposite. And certainly not at fast chargers. I mean, fast chargers are going to be more expensive than the level two. And in fact, to tell you that on this road trip, what ended up happening was I was staying at a hotel where the level two chargers were free. So it's like, mm, mm. if you know, if I really had to charge and I wasn't charging all day, I would be charging at the hotel for free. Joanna Stern, your fabulous guest. This is fascinating. It really is. And um, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to come back sometime with better news and tell you it's all been cleaned up. Well, but this is well, this is important reality. reporting yeah. because I mean people need to know the reality of where it is. And oh, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah, there are some challenges. That. So you know, hopefully kinks will be worked out. Um, I, I had to. We wrecked a car in my family and um, had to replace it today. And I've said this a couple of times. You know, I I feel and I bought my car. Now, two years ago, but Sue, this is probably the last internal combustion engines maybe I'll ever buy, you know, because we're at that point. If I keep a car for five or six years, you, you might have to buy an EV. You might be forced into it. So I think this is fascinating. Thank you so much, Joanna Stern. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. She's a fantastic it. guest, and she's joined us a couple of times on a variety of issues, and I hope she will do it again from the yeah. Wall Street Journal. I love Jerry Baker and a couple of the other contributors, but Joanna is fantastic, and she really does a great job of, uh, of reporting. And then, you know, piggybacking on that, Sue, not that this will come as a surprise to our audience or to you, this was the story from today, actually, well, yesterday. On Monday, Ford announced it was slashing in half its production goal for its most popular EV, the F-150 Lightning pickup truck. Bloomberg News reports the company's flagship plant in Dearborn, Michigan, now intends to produce 1,600 vehicles per week in 2024. That's in half, 3,200 in 2023. The move comes after Ford announced it was slashing prices by $10,000. And though the company cited lower battery raw material costs and continue working on scaling production and costs for its price cut, it's becoming painfully obvious that low demand for EVs was the primary catalyst. Uh, uh, you think? she just explained half the reason why. Exactly. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.